So let's talk about contracts. So specifically, Matt, how do you do contracts? Ever wish life had a... <clears throat> ever wish life had an undo... Ever wish life had an undo button? With over 30 years' experience in the creative industry, Matt and Dylan spill their secrets and share their insights about business and design, all to try to save you an undo. This is the Command Z Show, presented by Made by Things and Mingus Design. Da, da, da. <clears throat> We're here. Man. We're here. We made it. We're back. We are. The crowd is cheering outside my door right now. They all know that we are recording. That well, I'm, I'm made glad me a you lie. have a I'm glad you have a crowd. Oh. Uh it's just <laughs> my crowd is a two year old. <laughs> just one. And oh those aren't those aren't cheers, those are cries. Yeah, same here. The only cheers I have is are is the high speed traffic behind me on, <laughs> on high street here in Columbus, Ohio. And let me nice. tell you what, I there's an incline outside my window and when some folks hit that incline, it's <laughs> it's a real festival of sounds because they uh, feel yes. like they need to put the the pedal to the floor. Yep. All right. Yeah. What are you, uh, Dylan? Hey, hi. Uh, how? What are you working on? Uh, I'm working on stuff for the fort. Speaking of my office and being down here in Southside, Columbus, I've got a nice. wayfinding project working with a guy named Ben Goodman, who I've grown to really love. He's a great guy here in Columbus. And uh, lots of stuff around that wayfinding project and some other fort things that are incredibly unsexy, but uh, are all part of the job here and, and trying to promote this place and tell people about what we're doing down here, including there's a multi-million dollar upgrade happening to the buildings this year. Nice. What are you working on? Ooh, uh, yesterday was like the busiest day of my life. I say <laughs> okay. that, but it's probably not true. Um, <laughs> it felt like it. Uh, we, we're doing some live action shoots. Uh, we're doing two of them. Really? Well, actually, yeah, we, I mean, we specialize in animation, but occasionally do some live action stuff. And, um, yeah, I did, did that shoot all day yesterday, but then, so I had to go downtown to help with setting that shoot up and then had to immediately head back to my house where we're, where we're doing a stop motion shoot in my garage. Um, and then well, my wife's family came into town and, uh, it was just a crazy day. Well, when you when you're not so busy, pants, you need to swing by the, the the compound here. I should, I really should. Um, but I hear that you have a question. I do have a question, and for folks listening, prepare yourselves. This is also like I mentioned some of the work here I do at the fort. This is going to be to be a very unsexy question. However, I think it's a great thing to talk about because, like the person who asked the question. Uh, spoke about when she was asking, and we'll get to her in just a second. The thing we're going to talk about today is something that, believe it or not, a lot of creatives don't talk about, which I find fascinating. It's like they have to keep this thing a little secret. And I'm thinking, there, there's no secrets in this business. There's all kinds, everything you need to know is out on the web. Things we've talked about already in previous episodes. Google what you need to know, and it'll, it'll appear to you. You know, leap in the Google will appear, the Google results will appear. So, the question today comes from my former coworker and old friend, Deborah Rikus, who I call Deb Rockus. She's at Spiral Bound Creative. And Deb had uh, 
actually several things she wanted to us to, us to talk about, but all this stuff is around the nitty gritty of running a business, specifically a creative business for us, which is why we're here. And so we took a look at that long list and uh, first thank you, Deb, for reaching out and, um, and asking us to talk about that. Cause again, great stuff to talk about that a lot of people don't. And so we went through the list that Deb mentioned and one thing really stood out to us and that is contracts. I know, cue the doom and gloom music. But I love to share how I do contracts with other creatives because why wouldn't we share this stuff? Again, my goal in life, especially as I get older in this business is to tell people how I do stuff. That's why we're doing the podcast. I want you to steal what I'm going to say today. And I'm sure Matt feels the same way because that just, gosh, I hate business cliches, but it's going to raise all boats. Oh, I just said it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can dig me for that one. I, I should put a quarter in a jar someplace. <laughs> So let's talk about contracts. So specifically, Matt, how do you do contracts? Yes. Um, I also love this question because, I mean, over the last, I don't know, maybe 12 years, I think my first contract that I ever tried to write was 12 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. And that first contract, um, it was a simple copy and paste. It was... Google how to make a contract. Yep. Great. Let's copy all that. Let's paste it into a Word document. Um, let's change the templated name to my own name. And that's probably good, right? Um, and honestly, I'm, I'm glad that I started there. Because that's where a lot of that understanding of what is important kind of started to reveal itself. So over time it was, oh, you know what? I'm running into this problem. Let me change this line in here. It's, you know, running into different problems during during a project and then you 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 figure out how to eventually, you know, over time you, you end up making that contract your own. And it fits exactly what you do, and then you have everything that could potentially happen covered in this contract, right? So over time what I would do is I started collecting all these different I don't know, passages, <laughs> I guess. Just like different things that I'm like, oh, you know, this happened, so let's keep that in mind. And whenever I started making a little bit of money, it was, okay, let me run this past a lawyer and just see, you know, what is actually happening here and um, to make sure that what I'm doing is is legal. And um, honestly, it was, you know... It, <laughs> It was using a lot more big words and it created this really long thing that at the time I was really proud of, but it was long and I couldn't even understand my own contract at that mm -hmm. point. There's, there's your sign. Yep. And it came to the point where I'm like, oh, why are like certain problems still happening? Like it was in the contract. Mm -hmm. And then I came to this realization that people can't read a contract when it just has a bunch of language in it they don't understand. So I completely changed everything about my contracts at that point where I kind of promised myself that I'm like, you know what, everything will, I'm going to rewrite everything and I'm going to rewrite it with the simplest language that I can possibly do that. So keeping in mind everything the lawyer basically said the, to make sure I had in those contracts. Um, but I, I guess the problem was that 
the contracts weren't the contracts were contracts they weren't necessarily a good agreement and that's really what i was looking for was an, uh, an agreement with people hmm. and if what, we both wait, need you got to stop there what's how do you see the difference right so the agreement needs to happen between two people that are working together the contract is basically both sides lawyers discussing what needs to be in place right hmm. That's, and that's why I was like, wow, I'm sending these contracts. They're having to send it over to their lawyers. They'll send something back with a bunch of red lines through it. And then I have to send to my lawyer. It was just a, a long thing where I was like, wow, this is this is stupid. This is not how business should be done. I understand the, uh, the importance of having things written down and the, I guess, legal legitimacy of things. I do understand that very greatly. But at the same time... A lot of conflicts can be resolved with just clear communication. So anyway, so about a couple of years ago, I ended up just completely rewriting my contracts to just be this plain language. And it was met with a lot of gratitude from a lot of clients. They were like, wow, like this is a great contract. Like I love seeing this. Um, yeah, it, it had everything listed in there as far as like, hey, you know what? If if we mess up, this is what happens. If you mess up, this is what happens. Like, hey, we try not to charge any extra fees. But if we do, it's probably because of one of these reasons. And we're going to talk to you first. Um, it eliminated so much confrontation and conflict from projects that we have. And um, But the problem is that some companies they still want that legal language in there because their lawyers approved of that. Mm -hmm. So one out of every 10 contracts that I send off, I get a lot of pushback from. But it's the, I don't know, it's kind of the trade-off that, that I've decided to make where I'm like, let's start with clear communication and then let's go from there. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Lots, lots to unpack there. So um, one of the things you just mentioned was that you're, if you're in this business long enough and you, and you're operating at a certain level level meaning financially you're garnering some bigger contracts or some bigger projects high dollar stuff you're going to deal with somebody who says you know this uh handshake conversational contract that you're sending us really doesn't work in fact here's what we're going to do you're going to sign our contract this has happened right. to me before um did some work for a company that rhymes with math and toddy perks and um Hmm. <laughs> and uh, I can just say it. I mean, Bath and Body Works, and they were great to work with. So uh, the the situation there was that I was ready to send out what I typically uh, send to a client, a potential client, or, uh, and say, here's what we're going to do for you, and here's the terms. And again, we'll unpack this stuff in a little bit on this podcast, but was ready to send it over to him. And, and I got that call. It said, yep. thanks, but uh, here's the contract that you're going to sign. And I thought, really? You know? my ego getting squashed for a second you know who are right. you to tell me blah 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 Ugh. so i read the contract i couldn't understand half of it i sent it to my right. attorney and i said can you help me understand this and he called me and he was kind of chuckling and he goes he goes dylan just sign it and i said really <laughs> he goes yeah just sign it he goes uh there's no fight in this one he goes i know that there's a couple things in there you don't like and one of the things that i didn't like was this and i can't quote it exactly but it said something like essentially said again i'm trying to unpack the the attorney language here um it basically said we're going to own the work that you give to us 
for infinity. And it said that right. for infinity. Um, and it, there was some other language that kind of added to the, 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 the drama of using the word infinity. It was like infinity plus something. I'm like, oh, really? You know, I was just yeah. so irritated by that. And that's what my attorney, John, said. Just sign it. They, they got you. Uh, he goes, just make sure your price is right. Yep. That's the catch. Yep. He said, if that's the part you can negotiate. The rest of this, you can't. So don't worry about it. He goes, yeah. do the work and move on. Um, so I did. I, I made sure the price was right. Uh, basically, it was a buyout situation. Mm-hmm. And if, if folks have never dealt with that, that means that you're setting your price much higher to say, when we're done with this, we're done with this. But the price is going to be higher because I'm going to walk away from it once I hand it over to you. But anyway. That was that experience, and again, they were great to work with. It was uh, just a legal thing that I was dealing with for the first time, and I won't be surprised by it the second time it happens. Yeah, no, that's that's something that I see quite, I guess there's two things that I wanna say to this. First thing is, you know, I, I always share my, my contract still, even if they send one over first. I'm like, all right, and here's what we typically send to people, mm-hmm. just so they can see where we like to start. And I say, this is this right here, if we can do this, we're going to give you our very best work. So I always try to relate it to the work that we're doing because it's mm-hmm. like under these terms, like this is over the, our years of experience, these are the terms that gives you the greatest work we can do. That's a good way to put it. I'm more than happy to negotiate with people. Uh, I mean, like you said, sometimes your ego gets a little bit hurt by certain things, but um, I'm always willing to negotiate certain things. But it's kind of how you find out if you're working with a good partner though, too, is are they willing to listen to the things that matter to you? There, again, there are things that they will never be able to change, whatever, but will they compromise in certain areas? Will they add a line here and there? The most important thing to me is I write contracts for both sides to win. If I get a contract from somebody that only allows them to win, I'm going to let them know like, Hey, you didn't really. So what happens when we go out of scope? What happens when we go past the time that we talked about this whole thing taking, like, you know, I'll say that, like, you didn't really set this up for us to win. It just seems like this is just kind of one-sided. I'm like, so like, maybe we can add this, this, and this, and then I'll feel pretty good about this. Um, that's, that's how I try to be. And more often than not, I would, almost every single occasion, I'm pretty sure. They'll say like, okay, we can change this and this, this is something we can't budge on. And then I'll, you know, I'll come back with like, okay, well, if we can't budge on that, then how about this thing right here? You know, there, there has to be this sort of give and take, um, for things. And sort of like you were saying, like, okay, if there's, if there's a situation now for a buyout, um, what we do to keep things easy, I mean, with you doing like more illustration type stuff, it, it licensing is a whole different ball game for us doing videos like people need to be able to use it for a lot of different purposes whatever um and most of the time they just don't even know up front so what i do is i'm like okay these are yours to do whatever you want this it is a full buyout like every 100 percent t- of the time that we do projects that's that's how i do it that's that's my give right but the take now is you will not get the original files unless you want to spend 20% above what we asked for in the contract. So that's, that's always my thing is like, you know, you have these, these video files, do whatever you want with them. 
um, I do say in the contracts, I, I, you know, not to cut them up and make more deliverables because at that point they are creating more value based on the thing that they paid for. So that's something that I always look for. I'm like, okay, here, here are your videos, put them wherever you want, put them on national television. I don't care, but you can't make more deliverables. You can't change them to, you know, if I give you five files, you can't turn that into 60 files and run it in a bunch of different ways. Because again, if we didn't talk about that, I didn't charge appropriately for that. Um, but again, then we have the the 20% there. So if they're like, oh, you know what, we want these files, we want, we love these illustrations, we want to be able to put them on our website. I hear that quite a bit where I'm like, okay, well, we could sell you those things individually or we can just charge 20% simple. Everything is just 100% yours at that point. You do everything. So I guess based on that, Dylan, is there is there any um, I don't know, is there any non-negotiables in your in your contract? Hmm, that's a good question. For the record, I can't stand that phrase because I spent so many years in pharmaceutical advertising with people who mean well, but they drop that phrase in situations that. I'm trying to put this uh, nicely and word myself, word this carefully. They would use that phrase as a power play. And what I found in those situations is that the reality was the situation was negotiable, but they were just trying to strong arm um, right. a conversation or a meeting. Um, I'll just say it. Typically, uh, older white guys are really good at throwing that phrase out. Well, that's a non-negotiable. And I always thought, what well, is it? Because everything's negotiable, except death and taxes. And even taxes are kind of loose these days, it seems like. <laughs> Not mine, of course, but, you know. <laughs> we're uh, going to need to see your tax returns, still. Right, exactly. <laughs> da, da, da. Um, but seriously, I, I was really sad to hear that as a power play. So to go back to your question, though. So I, I don't think I ever include something that says this is a non-negotiable. One of the things I do say in my contracts uh, towards the end of the contract is um, uh, I always make the point to say I consider these contracts, and that's, again, that's what I call them. I consider this contract a, a working agreement, a working document. Right. And so if you have any concerns or questions about what you see here, I want to talk to you and make sure that what we're setting up here in, in this document is everything you possibly need to do the very best work that we can do. Similar to what you said a few minutes ago, mm -hmm. I want somebody to be excited about this thing. Right. And so in order for me to do that, um, it's got to start in that document. And I want it to be a dialogue. Now, the mm -hmm. reality is, I think I've gotten the document down to a point where I never have somebody go, well, you know, tip, I should say typically. It's been mm -hmm. actually several years and somebody said, okay, can we add this or that? Um, so I feel good about where we are as far as the document. Uh, but I still always keep that door open and say, please talk to me about what you see here. I'd say for me, uh, I like what you said better, but for me, I guess that the non-negotiable is there has to be some kind of deposit up front. Oh, okay. Now you're talking. <laughs> Since you mentioned it. Um, yeah, uh, let me, okay. Sorry. I totally interrupted you because I, no, no, I get excited about that one point. It's a, it's a really important part of contracts for me. 
and, and the cycle of, of a project is, I guess I kind of have a non-negotiable. <laughs> um, I do. Uh, I, I, I treat it like going to buy a hamburger, not to devalue our business that much, but you know, I think, um, we're going to start into this thing and I need a deposit up front. And so I will put in the contract typically 50% up front. And that is a, that is a, um, a, uh, non-refundable deposit. Right. And, and that's, that's a, that's a wild thing to throw out there. Cause a lot of, uh, let me guess, there are some creatives listening to this podcast that go, wow, really, mm-hmm. really? And here's the thing I haven't had, I've only had one person in nearly seven years say no to 50% up front. One. Right. And that one person was a guy I used to work for who I dearly love. We still hang out together. Uh, every year we get together and, and catch up. He said to me, can I give you 30? I said, great. Yep. That's it. That's, yeah. I mean, just like you, it, I I guess from the beginning, I've always asked for a deposit just because I heard other people saying that I was supposed to, right? I had no real reason behind that. But I think, I don't know, there, there's been one person that, I, it was probably six years ago, that basically refused to pay. Hmm. And I was like, well, I got a 50% deposit. So at least there's that. Yep. At least. Let's go down that road that. for a second. Yeah. I think this is a, this is a super important topic that far too few people um, deal with. So just to start back at the beginning there, number one, ask for a deposit up front, whatever you're comfortable with. If it's 30, great, go for it. Two, and this is something I learned the hard way. Let's talk about billing. And just because yeah. you could define this in the contract and you should define this in the contract. How am I going to invoice you for the through the length of this project? I'll tell you what I did wrong. First thing I did wrong was not, when I first started, I didn't do 50% up front. Mm-hmm. Very soon after I started, I did 50% up front. And then I learned to add the phrase, this is a non-refundable deposit. Right. And I spent a few years on that track. And then I had started to find projects that were longer term projects. And if you can do the math on this for a second, let me just play it out for folks uh, and say, if you have a six month project and let's say the, the value of the project is $10,000, you're gonna get fifth, you're gonna get five thousand dollars up front, non-refundable, and you start the project. You can't eat on five thousand dollars over the next five months. I mean, you could, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> you know, ramen gets old after a while. So what I learned to do again the hard way after not setting this up properly was uh, restructuring how I did that. And ba- so based on the timeline of that specific project, so it's custom for every project. If we're a two month project, or I estimate a three month or five or six or whatever it is, I'll say, we're gonna, typically what I'll say is, if it's more than 30 days, I'm gonna invoice you incremental amounts, uh, whatever that percentage is, like 10% or 15% of the, of the, of the remainder, or remaining, remaining fees. I'm gonna invoice that every two weeks. And uh, payment is due upon receipt of that invoice. And if payment is not received in a timely manner, we can choose to stop the project until payment's received. It's pretty simple right. language, but guess what? It works because it's pretty simple. It's not a it is. tough thing to negotiate. I'm gonna do, keep doing stuff for you. You keep you know, trickling in uh, payment and we're gonna make some beautiful stuff. Let's do it. Yep. I, yeah, I'm 100% with you there. It, 
So yeah, I always say like, yeah, we need that 50% deposit before we start. Sometimes they're like, like, you know, if they're like, hey, we need this thing done. It needs to be done in two weeks. I'm like, mm, that's going to be tough, but I think we can do it. We just need you to move your ass. <laughs> it's like, listen, like we'll, we'll rush. Anytime that we're rushing on something, I need you to rush too. And that's basically what I tell anyone whenever those situations happen. And then they're like, oh, you know, we have a net 30 policy on deposits. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. But we're not gonna be able to get it to you until a month after you need it. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, people figure out ways to pay for things outside of their, I'm doing finger quotes here, policy, right? It's just one of these things where I guess it kind of goes back to that idea of everything is negotiable in some way. Yeah. Um, but even going back to those 50% deposits, I've, I've had a handful of cases where people are like, oh, you know what? We, we, you know, we normally don't do deposits. And I'm like, okay, well, you got to do something. There has to be some skin in the game from you. Like, otherwise, this is an unbalanced relationship. And I think that's what I always go back to. I'm like, hmm, do I feel like the relationship is balanced? Because if it is unbalanced at any point in that beginning, it is going to get way worse yep. in one, di one direction or the other. Yep. So it's like, that's I guess that's what I'm always looking for. I, I guess it's not like necessarily an ego thing of like, hmm, they're really pushing on this thing. It's, okay, well, if I compromise that, then I want this. So in these cases where they're like, hmm, we can only do 25% up front or we need to wait a little bit longer. I'm like, okay, that's fine, mm -hmm. but we're going to have to increase the fee. Because like you said especially with a team of five, I'm like, hmm, if I'm only getting 30% to start this and then you want to do a net 45 for the final payment. And that, that is a project that we did in December. I was like, okay, but we're gonna have to increase that fee because we need more than that to, you know, <laughs> operate the company, you know? Yeah. And again, this is just, I think this is important to note and, and think about as we, have these conversations as people are hearing us today and thinking, you know, how am I going to talk to so-and-so about that? One thing that's important to consider is that it's just business. It's not personal, right. really. It's just yeah, what right. you just described, Matt, is you're describing a math problem that you're trying to solve yep. um, in order for you to sustain your business. And you know what those, what those, uh, that formula or that math problem is to mm -hmm. uh, keep made by things moving. So if somebody bristles at the, the idea of changing um, uh, the terms that you've, you're defining. Like you said a few minutes ago, we have to take a pause there. I mean, truly take a breath and go, hmm, where's this person coming from? And maybe the best thing to do right. is say, um, help me understand where you have concerns. Have you, have, mm -hmm. has, has there been something in the past or you know, do you have a system or whatever? But have a dialogue with the person. Don't make any right. assumptions at that point. And, uh, right. and find out where they're coming from. You, you might learn something in a, a five-minute conversation that is a radical good thing for the rest of this relationship. Or you might hear them say something where all of a sudden the flags get dropped around you and you're like, hmm, I'm not sure this is going to pan out well. So, yeah. But all of this goes back to something you said at the beginning of the podcast, which is, finding a way to communicate well with mm -hmm. these people that you want to work with, that want to work with you. Is there any other elements in your contracts, Dylan, that you're like, hmm, this, this has to be there? 
Well, I'm glad you mentioned the deposit thing. So we've, we've certainly covered that. Uh, that is a pretty critical thing. I can't, I can't think of anything else that is, has, has to happen mandatory. Um, right. It really comes down to the financial stuff that's, that's the most important got to have it kind of a deal because again like we've already covered it really it really speaks to not only running your business from a math standpoint but also it helps you under when you when you set those expectations it helps you understand how that person perceives money and the transaction and parting with their money so mm -hmm. super important other than that i mean just to cover a few quick things uh in terms of the structure of my contracts i always like to start with an approach to say hey just to cover it this is what we're going to do this is not long by the way up front my contracts are about a page and it's taken yeah. me years to get them down to a page, sometimes <laughs> a page and a half, depending on what that approach is. Because I mean, what I mean is by the approach is it's a really high level view of what we're going to do for you. So we, right. so we make sure that's clear. And the reason I put that in the top of the document is because I want to remind people of what we probably talked about in a conversation or two before we get to this thing on paper to say all that stuff that we talked about, let's get it in writing, again, high level. Um, and then after the approach to say, here's the high level of what we're going to do for you, I have a timeline and deliverables section. Again, this is pretty brief, but I break it into phases and I say, here's when we can begin the work this, this day of the week, you know, this day, this year. And then, um, uh, I like to tell people that we expect to finish it around this point. And then mm -hmm. I add something really important that our expectation for finishing at this date, our agreed upon date is contingent upon our ability to have clear clear and efficient communication back and forth. Any long interruptions to that communication will probably change our timeline. So right. let's just agree to communicate as rapidly as we can with each other in terms of feedback. And then I'll break down the phases, you know, whatever they are, phase one, two, three, um, and how long that phase is, you know, a week, whatever it is, um, and what we're gonna do during that phase. Again, these are quick things, you know, short paragraphs to say what we're doing in that phase. It's not some exhaustive document because what I found over the long haul, especially doing larger team stuff, big budgets, million dollar pharmaceutical budgets is you can set all this stuff up. It's probably going to change a little bit, might right. change a lot. So be, uh, be clear, but don't try to get down in the weeds and to find every, you know, right. tiny task in a document like this. Cause like right. you said up front, nobody's going to read that much copy. Um, yeah. And then I get into fees. And again, it's uh, the fees thing is a bullet point list that basically goes, takes the stuff from the approach um, and the phase and says in bullet point language, remember, here's what you're getting for your money and here's how much it's going to cost. And then the last part of the document is what I call just next steps and terms. I know next steps is kind of a dumb, you know, cliche in the business, but everybody gets it. So that's what I call it. And um, goes back to what I, in this section, I repeat. I say what I mentioned earlier in the podcast is this is where I say, if you have questions and feedback about this proposal, we want to know about it. And then I tell them, hey, once we, uh, once you approve and sign this and I do it online and we can talk about, well, I'll tell you, I, I use Quotient currently. Uh, it's quotientapp.com. Once you sign this, we lock it into a timeline. I think that's a really important thing to say to people is we're not going to even consider this. It's all right. just out there in vapor form until you lock this thing in by right. signing it. Um, so we're going to lock into the timeline. And as soon as it's locked into that timeline, signed, locked into the timeline, we're going to invoice you that non-refundable deposit of fees. And once that's received, we are in go mode. But all those things got to happen before we go to go mode. 
And then we talk about, you know, this is the, the terms part where we talk about how um, we're going to invoice in increments if it's a longer term project. If it's something right. we're going to turn around in a month, you know, 50% up front, 50% at the end. Um, another thing that I'll put into this is uh, two more things quickly. Try to keep this really quick. Is if we're going to use typography or a type family for an identity project, which is something that we do a lot in brand design, what I like to put in here is say, our fees include the licensing for that typography. What I'm getting at there is I have a deep respect for typographers. And so um, I want to make sure that we are legally buttoned up in terms right. of using typefaces. So I'm basically buying that client a license for this type family that we're going to use. And the reality is I know what those, even the high-end type families cost. So I pad it. Um, I don't, I shouldn't say I pad it. I will give a, uh, a high enough feed that I know we're going to be able to cover um, a quality type family. And we're not buying junk. We're not using free fonts. So that's covered in here. And the very last thing that I'm going to say in a contract typically is the work that we're going to do described in this contract is bound to this contract. And what I'll define really quickly is say, hey, look, you know, if we, if we, uh, here's a good example. If I do a mural for a client in my contract, I'll say the creative work that we do for this mural is bound to that mural basically saying in, in straightforward language, you don't get to take a photograph of that and turn it into a t-shirt and monetize it. In other words, right. this is gonna be bound to that wall. Any additional use for that, please talk to us because we are more than happy to work with you and redefine those terms in a separate contract. Right. That's the gist of what I say in a contract. Like I said, keep it to a page, page and a half, use quotientapp.com. I don't get paid to say that, I wish I did. 25, 25, yeah, right. 25 <laughs> bucks a month, which, you know, again, if you're, if you're a professional in this business, 25 bucks a month for software like that is, is a, a drop in the bucket. Come on. Right. Seriously. It's like people complaining about procreate costs nine bucks. Really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, what I love about question to, to make one note about them is you do get that digital signature and you can convert that over to QuickBooks really uh, rapidly. And I think there's actually an auto generation um, invoice thing, which I don't typically use, but that's what I do. Nice. I'm going to, I'm going to do rapid fire through mine real quick. Okay. Um, a lot of, I'll try to skip over the things that you do already. Um, the first part of ours is like, um, general goal for the project, what the deliverables specifically are estimated timeline. Like you said, we can only do an estimated timeline until you actually sign a deposit and sign the contract. Right. Yep. Cause there's people that are like, they'll take three and a half weeks to sign this. And I'm like, well, we can't really stick to that timeline because mm -hmm. we're supposed to start already. Um, so I do that. I talk about the uh, work in progress points. So they know like, okay, after this point, we're going to need your feedback. After this point, we're going to need your feedback. And then we talk about, I have um, rounds of revisions. We typically do two rounds of revisions on things. I In the beginning, I never did rounds of revisions, but it started to really get crazy at a certain mm -hmm. point where like, you know, if somebody goes three rounds of revisions, I don't do anything about it. I'm not going to seek legal action. Um, but it's just some, something that you can point back to at a certain point. If you think that things are getting a little out of hand, cause you could say like, Oh, you know what? We just got to be careful. Like, I know that you just had a few more changes here. Can you just make sure that all of your requested changes are in this so that we can make sure we're doing this on time? Mm -hmm. Like that's really the most of what we ever say. 
but there are times where someone's like, you know what, I think we're just going to need more rounds of revisions. I'm like, okay, cool. We're just going to have to, we'll just charge our day rate outside of the project. Yep. And as long as those things are established early on, you don't really run into much conflict. Sometimes people don't like it, but at least you could say, mm, sorry, you know, based on, based on that, we're going to have to charge something. I, to, I do the same thing. I say, you know, right. here's, here's, the, here's the number of rounds we're going to do to get to this conceptual uh, solution. And anything beyond that, we'll just charge 125 an hour for additional right. revisions. And I've, I've never had to do that. I right. think I think it just says to people, look, you know, we're, we are tracking this. We're we're trying yep. to be mindful of our business here. Um, and you know, 125 an hour is not crazy, but it's also not cheap, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of makes them go, oh, exactly. That's all I need you to do. Let's just stay on track. We're, you know, I promise we're going to work efficiently for you. So yeah. Right. Anyway. Um, I have a line here about like roles and responsibilities. So making sure that they know, know what they are required to do. And that includes, like we usually say, like your feedback has to be in before two business days. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then yeah, the schedule gets messed up and then there might be additional fees there. But okay. um, I have the acceptance of the quote, the, the cost on there. So this is one thing I wanted to, I'm going to read this word for word. This is something that I copied from somewhere. Honestly, I wish I could give the right credit but I can't remember where it came from. I, I think I know, but I don't want to say it and then be wrong. Um, but it was just like this really good paragraph of like what we are really doing when we are writing these contracts. And this is, this is, this is the paragraph that changed everything about how I write the, the terms for everything. So yeah, read it verbatim. All right. <clears throat> we'll always do our best to fulfill your needs and meet your expectations. But it's important to have things written down so we both know what's what, who should do what, and when, and what will happen if something goes wrong. In this contract, you won't find any complicated legal terms or long passages of unreadable text. We have no desire to trick you into signing something you might regret later. Hmm. What, we want, what we want is what's best for both parties now and in the future. That's great. That's how, that's how our terms start. And that's like, again, it was just like, you know what? that that's it that's that's what makes the most sense for me and like i'm not going to sit there and try to come up with like using words like here unto and yeah, like right. <laughs> nobody cares just crazy stuff like that exactly so running through the terms real quick we talk about um deliverables we talk about client representation so like who are we going to be communicating with the whole time we talk about uh payment so we talk about that deposit we talk about uh we do net 30 final payments um, and what happens if it's late, we charge 5% monthly interest. I've never done that before. I've always been really understanding, but again, it's one of those things you want in place in case something does go wrong. Um, the things we need to get, the things that we need before we can put the schedule in place and get started on the project, um, general schedule. Uh, I talk about client delays. So like, okay, if we go beyond two business days, that leads to client delays. Uh, I have a section in here on just giving good feedback. Um, that was really important to me because I was like, people often, if they have never done a creative project before, they don't really know how to give that good feedback. So I talk about things like, okay, well, one, the requested changes are clear and actionable and are not open to interpretation. That's mm. the best kind of feedback that we can get. Um, the requested decisions or the requested changes are decisive. This is another one that was always a struggle early on where when we're dealing with a committee of people, somebody says, Hmm, maybe we should make it blue. Well, that's not super decisive, right? So it's like, well, I need clarity here. I can't make this blue. And then we decide that we want to go back later. Obviously, we could, right? It's 
depending on what it is, it might be an easy change. But at the same time, that's another round of revision. So it's like we need you to really contemplate the things that you're asking for. And if I may interrupt you, you're you're bringing up something that's really important and could be part of a potential contract. And, and let me just give an example. If you know up front that you're dealing with a committee of some kind, you've got multiple people, maybe multiple strong personalities, egos in the room, what might be helpful to define up front and place in the contract is name the stakeholder on the client right. side that will be the decision maker ultimately. Yep. So if you got six people in the room going, I think it should be blue. I think it should be green. My wife doesn't like red. Great. Tom, yeah, you've been defined in the be? contract or Lucy <laughs> or whoever it is. Um, let us know in those two days, like you mentioned, Matt, and then you, yep. you know, in a couple of days, please let us know what you guys would like to do. Uh, or if you'd like to have a quick conversation about it, because I love opening up the conversation to say, right. let's revisit quickly the expectations that we set up front about the project and why we've chosen some of these colors uh, initially. Right. Um, let us know if there's something that's changed in those expectations. We can revisit that. Uh, cue, add more fees, more time, et cetera. Right. Um, if not, you know, just let us know what you guys want to do and we'll move forward. Right. So, um, I have a thing in here about cancel cancellation and rescheduling. So this was a big thing right here. Hmm. You know, with now with having a team of five, we have multiple projects going on at any given point. When one project says, mm, you know what, we'll get back to you next week or in two weeks, uh, CEO is out of town right now and they want to weigh in on this decision. It's like, well, that has a ripple effect throughout my business. Mm-hmm. We can't just be okay with whenever stuff like that happens. So, you know, we have this this cancellation. So for cancellation, I, I generally I'm not trying to like make more money on people. Like I get it. Sometimes things happen. Sure. And they need to stop, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm always pretty open to like, okay, I understand you want to cancel right now, but, you know, we're 60% of the way through the project. You already paid your 50% deposit, so I'm just going to charge you for that 10%. Yep. Um, and, you know, that that has had to come up a couple of times. Um, and it's it's a, a really difficult situation that was made so much easier because I had that written in the contract. And both sides knew exactly what to expect whenever they wanted to cancel the project. Um. So, and then rescheduling. It's like, okay, well, if you're like, hey, we just need a month to do this, great. I'm just going to charge you 10% on top of what we already discussed. And then we'll shift it to whenever you want it to be. Um, But we kind of need to charge that because now we have people sitting around expecting to work on this for a week that I'm paying, right? So it's like, well, you know, we had this plan and because you, you know, change. I mean, hotels have cancellation policies and that's basically (laughs) the, the same idea, right? Yeah. Um, uh, a long part about just ownership in general, like here's some things that you can do with your uh, final deliverables. Here's the things that you can't do. We own the working files unless you buy it for that 20% that I talked about. Um, I have uh, additional fees. So like here, here are all the possible things that could happen to require additional fees. Again, I mean, we don't want to charge anything additional, right? And you don't, nobody, nobody wants to. I really don't. I want to get it done. Exactly. So it's like more often than not, even when these things come up, I'm just like, you know what? That's fine. But whenever I start to see multiple things happening, it's like, mm, you know, it's kind of like we always like to have reason for the warning, basically, like giving giving that written warning of like, hey, like we can take care of this. But if it happens again, we're going to charge additional on that. 
So like we kind of rely on those warnings to kind of keep everybody in scope, basically. Yep. Um, acts of God. So if things like uh, earthquakes, hurricanes, zombie apocalypse, it says Ooh, that. Oh, you have an act of God clause in your contract. Act of God. Yeah, huh. things happen, man. Um, do you have zombies in there? Really? I do. It says zombie apocalypses. I even have the an emoji in my terms of the uh, straight face of like the, um, I don't know, just like the annoyed face where it's just straight face and eyes closed. Mm-hmm, right. Anyway, because uh, I, I you also... have to you have to say why you have that in there. <clears throat> All right, so sometimes there's things that happen out of our control that may lead to delay or cancellation of the project. These things include tornadoes, earthquakes, hurricanes, zombie apocalypses, power outages, vandalism, fire, pandemics. And then I have the little emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sadtrombone.com. And uh, if either of us are affected by an act of God, then we'll do our best to complete the project within a reasonable amount of time, given the circumstance. Um. I have a line in here about marketing. So this is a big one for me, is that like we want to be able to market everything we do. If we can't, we have to apply a fee, uh, a, a lost opportunity fee of 10% is what I have written in here. So if for whatever reason, like we didn't, they didn't mention before we write this contract that they're like, oh, you can't share this at all. Like whatever, I get it. But again, I'm listing here 10% is that fee. Anytime that someone's ever told me that, they have no, they had had no problem paying that 10% because it was written in there. It's funny you mentioned that. I have a similar sentence in mind that basically says we have the, um, you agree that we can share this work for promotional purposes. Right. Um, you know, again, it's, I don't even go into detail beyond that. I just say this is part of the deal is that we were allowed to share this for promotional purposes. You know, if right. somebody doesn't like it, that's where I'm saying, you know, please tell me if you don't like this, we can ne- right. renegotiate it. But I had never heard anybody do what you're doing, which is the 10% fee if you don't let us share it 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 became weird because i initially i did have that it, it did say like okay we are going to share this on our portfolio and then people would say mm, sorry you can't hmm. and then i just didn't really have any sort of chips to play that or cards to play at that point so yeah. i was like you know what i'll just put that number in there because if it does come up then it's just the expectations are already known hmm. like as they're reading it and decide that they don't like it they're like oh okay i guess we're just gonna have to pay the 10 percent. whatever we'll do that yeah. Um, I think mine says something like, we're proud of what we make. And so uh, this contract is an agreement that we are, we're allowed to share it for promotional purposes. Something like that. Right. Um, let's see. So permissions, basically. So like anything that was given to us, they're saying that they had license over and they didn't give us anything mm, that yeah. was illegal or anything like that. That's a, that's a good one. I, I don't have that in mind. I probably should. Um, this is so why we're talking. Exactly. Relationships and partners. So I talk about like, yeah, sometimes we hire contractors to help us with certain things in a project. So this is kind of that that thing where I'm like, you know, it is possible that we will get help from outside of our company to complete your project. Um, I have one section here that just says, shh. And it's kind of like, hey, if you need a, us to sign a confidentiality form, send it over. No worries. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, and then one that I, the last one here that I think is really powerful for me was listing our um, office hours. So it's like, hey, if you send an email between nine and four, we'll probably respond that day. Hmm. But if it's outside of that time, I'm not answering your phone calls and I'm not going to send you an email back that quick. There are times when I do, but again, it's setting those expectations of like, I guess this is that important work-life balance thing, right? Yep. If I can't 
keep that in check, then I'll be working all the time. The team will be working all the time. So like, and the work I mean, suffers. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so if it's five thirty and someone has an emergency, I'm really sorry. Like, we're gonna get to that very first thing tomorrow morning. Um, and yeah, so I always just make sure that I put that in there. And then I also say like, I won't do meetings. Um. Ever? No, that'd be sweet though, right? <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> I won't do meetings that are scheduled in less than twenty-four hours. Mm-hmm. In most cases, it's like if I see something's wrong, I'll call up the client and be like, hey, I saw this. Can you chat about that real quick? Um, but I'm like, I don't I don't want to create that expectation of like, hey, um, we're can we meet in like 30 minutes? Because no, we can't. We can't. Mm. Um, I mean, just like everybody else, this calendar books up pretty quick. Um, for me personally, like I don't I create my list of things to do the night before when something changes in that and call it OCD, call it whatever you want. I get it. It's unhealthy. But when that changes, it makes me furious. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, I need to make sure that everything for my day, the next day is written down and that doesn't change. I don't think that 24 hours is too much to ask. And I'm most of the time, again, like things pop up and I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is something I don't really want to sleep on. I want to solve it right now. Mm-hmm. And then I'll call it the client and we'll figure it out. And then it'll all be better. I can't but, imagine you being furious. That's kind of interesting. I'm mm, trying to picture that. Oh, yeah. You throw stuff? <laughs> what do you do? I don't throw stuff. There was one time. This is totally off topic here. Right. The only time in my entire life that I was so mad that I threw something was in 2008. Nope. It was 2007. I was in college. And I threw my phone, my phone, my sweet flip phone, I threw it against the wall and it shattered into a bunch of pieces. And I couldn't call anyone. I couldn't communicate with anyone until I figured that problem out. And that was the last time I threw something because I was like, that was the stupidest thing I've ever done. Like, hmm. like now I can't like, I don't want to get into it too much. Here, you, you, you said enough already, Matt. <laughs> I think so. But I anyway, it was a situation that needed me to be able to communicate with other people and try to solve a problem. And I couldn't solve that problem because I destroyed my phone. So I had to find somebody, a friend that had a phone that would follow me around and solve this problem, basically, because I didn't have a phone anymore. Anyway, don't throw your phone. That's the moral of the story. There it is. <laughs> Um. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's goes through like the the general part of kind of where I've gotten to at this point as far as contracts go. And like you said, it's it's a working thing that I would say I adjust our contracts probably every two to three months. Maybe I'm changing a line in there, adding something else, taking something else out. I'm glad you said that because I do the same thing. I again I. I guess the best way to describe this is I like to think of every project and every client as a unique thing. I know every client is a unique person, a unique, like I said to you, I think in our first podcast, I mean, isn't it amazing that each one of us is this bundle of DNA and molecules that is unique in the span of space and time. That's crazy. And I love it. So I think everybody is special. And I want to celebrate that. What that doesn't mean is everybody gets an 18-page contract, you know, that I write from scratch every time. But to your point, right. I will definitely go into a contract and make sure that I'm tuning that specifically to that person and that project. So 
right. so like it's one way of communicating hey you matter to me this is important i don't take on 18 projects at a time you know yeah. i'm going to be very focused and i'm going to serve you that's my that's my goal right all right, we we're hoping to make this a short one to be able to record two yeah. today, and we made this the longest one probably ever. <laughs> it's, I think I think it is the longest one ever, and I also feel like this is a conversation we should invite someone else to and say, so what? Yeah. What, what did we miss? Yeah. What do you, What do you have in your contract that we don't have that maybe a, we should add? That's a great idea. Um, anyway, final thoughts, Dylan. Uh, quick final thought: whether you use Quotient or HelloBonsai.com or a lot of these templatized type things they will provide some language for you. And I think Matt mentioned that um, earlier in the podcast. Be aware that the reason we're having this conversation is that that stuff is just copied and pasted by them, probably signed off uh, by an attorney. All that's great, but it probably isn't exactly what you need. And so I hope that this conversation today has helped you see that, just like we do, we have to think about some very specific things that uh, are relevant to the projects that we've done based on our experience. And so we encourage you to do the same. So by all means, copy and paste. It's a great place to start. But yeah. um, but like Matt said, if here to four and all those kind of words are, are peppered into yeah. that kind of language, hey, nobody wants to read that stuff. You know, treat it like nope. a conversation as best you yep. can. So that's my advice. Yeah, yeah I, w- I would say something pretty similar of start somewhere. Don't be ashamed or don't feel bad that you don't have a attorney right away to write up a contract because again even them they'll do a good job but unless they specialize like in that field that you're in which most don't then it's gonna be it's gonna need some finesse and some changes from you the the person that's actually getting the work done and going through the process right so start somewhere start anywhere and always edit after every single project. Just take a look at it and be like, mm, what could I have done differently to change or to make this better process? Yeah. And it's not, it's not about trying to, you know, under what grounds can I sue the client? That is not it. It is very much an agreement. So it's like, because most, in most cases it will cost you way too damn much to take somebody to court. Uh, and try to get money back. And it's just it's just not worth it, honestly. Yeah. So and, it's like, I don't know. Uh, let me add one more thing, if I can. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, came to mind as soon as you said that. Yeah. One way to think about writing the contract, your contract, is pretend that that person is sitting in front of you in the room. Right. And, and, and you're having a conversation, which I kind of mentioned. But after you, so here's a way to test your contract that you've written. Print it out and read it out loud yep. or stand there in front of your computer and read it out loud and ask yourself, if I was saying this conversationally in front of that person face to face, would they want to hear that? Would I want to hear that? It's a right. great filter and it might help you to Matt's point, edit this thing, man, cut some stuff out, please. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's all I got. Same here. Good stuff. Awesome. I hope. Thanks. Matt. Right. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. The Command Z Show is Matt Vojak and Dylan Mingus. Have a question you want us to discuss? Send us a message at cmdz.show. And while you're at it, we'd love a quick review on the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening. <laughs>